You're listening to the latest preaching from Brixham Community Church. Uh, thank you for this great opportunity to share with you this morning about the truth about baptism. And I'm going to begin with um, my own story. This is probably the <coughs> earliest photograph I ever had taken. Um, you see my brother Robert and I, and I'm not sure which is which, um, but there we are in our christening robes. It's nearly 69 years ago since that photograph was taken. There we are. Amazing, wasn't it? And uh, it's a day that I knew nothing about. I cannot remember a single thing about that day, uh, except I know that I was taken into the church and uh, the, uh, by my mum and dad, and uh, my brother and I were both taken to the font, water was dipped on our heads, and uh, uh, we were prayed for, we were, uh, the words were, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, uh, as far as I know, and uh, I had two godfathers and one godmother, um, uh, and uh, that's all I know about it, really, um, and I, uh, I grew up, I was taken to church by my mum, I had very very loving parents. Um, I went to church with my mum, with my brothers, and uh, we grew up quite regularly. Went to Sunday school. Uh, I learned a lot about Jesus, uh, but I had no idea of what it meant to know Jesus. Uh, I was even confirmed at school at the age of 14. Again, I remember very little about that at all. Uh, I suppose I felt a bit holy. Um, the only thing I remember about school was we had a um, one visit from a, a Franciscan friar who walked up and down the aisle in his habit and he told us all that he knew Jesus personally and I think we all thought he was a bit off the wall but I did remember that sermon uh, but it wasn't until uh, I went to university where I first really met believers as far as I know and um, by that time um, God was really an irrelevance to me. I have to say that I was built up, brought up in a stable home where we honoured Christian values and I'm really grateful for that um, but I had nothing, no knowledge of knowing Jesus and I met these Christians and uh, they tried to encourage me to come to a Bible study and I said, well, I might come, but I had absolutely no intention of going. Um, but they showed me Jesus. I wasn't looking for God. I knew there was something missing in life. Um, my life, although I had everything, I was very empty and unhappy. I struggled a lot with envy, and uh, uh, I didn't really know where life, what life was about. I do remember that as a child, my, my God was my model railway with which I was soon disillusioned. But these were all, all the ways that God led me and was speaking to me. And um, I remember one uh, <coughs> coming back from my first, a, a really wonderful holiday in Turkey uh, as a student, and I thought I'd discovered utopia. Uh, I came back and suddenly was faced with the reality of living life uh, with all its struggles. And my friends took me to a meeting in a small Assemblies of God church in Bristol. And 
people were sharing about Jesus and how the difference he'd made in their lives. And it, I suddenly woke up to see this Jesus is real. And the, the cross was explained to why Jesus had come, uh, that uh, we needed him. And I was awakened to the sense that all those years I'd been going in my own direction. As the Bible says, we're all like lost sheep. We've gone astray, we've turned to our own way. So although I led, led a, a, a moral upright life, it was still Godless, and I needed Jesus. And the, the preacher made it clear that if we remain in that direction, one day we'll be separated from God eternally. There is no hope. Hell is a reality. And that, that really shook me. And I recognized that I needed to respond to God's call that very moment, that very night, which I did. So that was the beginning for me of knowing Christ because I discovered that the Bible was no longer uh, a dead book because I began to read it and wondered how I could ever have been so blind as to not to understand what Jesus had done for me. So I was uh, uh, very clearly born again at the age of 19. And a friend said, well, you need to be baptized. And, uh, well, being a very nervous person, I, I, uh, I didn't fancy the idea. I'm afraid I was not someone who was bursting to obey the Lord in every area. And uh, <clears throat> it was a bit later on that I was baptized by immersion. Because this morning we're going to think about um, what the, the Bible teaches about baptism. I know that experience of being christened, although it had, um, I knew nothing about it, I did have a praying grandmother who gave me this Bible. And you can see it's none a bit of the worth of wear because in it there was a verse that said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And this, I started ransacking this Bible in my day, early days. It's an old authorised version. And uh, it was a great encouragement to me. And I know and I'm sure that the prayers of my grandmother had made a real difference in bringing me to that place. So what does the Bible, how does the Bible speak about baptism? Well, um, bap baptism comes from the word baptizo, baptizo in Greek. I read this out of a book. I don't know Greek. Um, but it means to dip, signifying the dyeing of a garment or drawing of water by dipping one vessel into another. So it's very definitely dipping into water and bringing out, going down and up. That's, that's how the, the Bible understands the word baptism. So first of all, as far as the Bible's concerned, baptism is total immersion. And uh, when we turn to the scriptures, we look at the baptism of John. So we're going to look at that one. <clears throat> In those days... John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the desert, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea, and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Now I've got a few 
pictures this morning just to help us, uh, courtesy of free Bible images off the internet. And uh, I find these quite helpful. So there you have what it might have looked like, John the Baptist uh, baptizing people. And um, <clears throat> so they, they've come and they're, being, they're confessing their sins and they're being totally immersed. But what was happening? What was really happening? Were they doing it for the fun of it? Why was it very significant? Well, this was a public confession of their faith. These people who came, they heard the message from John, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. The king was on the move. The king was coming. And they believed it. They actually believed this message. And it stirred them. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. They were awakened to the fact that they needed to prepare for the coming Christ. They believed the message. And so by going, <coughs> confessing their sins publicly and being baptized, they were baptized in front of, of other people. It was a public confession that this was important. They believed it. So it was a confession of faith. They had to humble themselves in front of their friends. It was a solemn time. John the Baptist was a very disturbing preacher. He told the scribes and families, Pharisees and others, he said, who told you to flee from the coming wrath? The king is coming. Judgment is coming. Get ready. This is a serious business. The day of my conversion, I was awakened to the fact that judgment is coming. We need to get right with God. So these people humbled themselves and were baptized. Baptism is for all believers. A bit further on in this passage we read, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Just imagine all these people being baptized and, and Jesus is among them. He's among them and uh, he comes and there's Jesus with all these people who are recognizing their, their sinfulness and their need of God and, and the king is among them. And he's there and he comes to John. And uh, just imagine John saying, I can't baptize you. And Jesus said, it is, let it be so now to fulfill all righteousness. Here was the Lord Jesus identifying with us. Isn't that wonderful? Identifying with us, fully human. God walking this earth, coming to be baptized, to humble himself before others. You know, I told you that I hadn't been baptized. And when I went to London to live, I joined a Baptist church and the minister said, why don't you, I think you should be baptized. And again, I was pretty, I, I didn't really see the need. Well, I'd been baptized as a baby after all. I suppose there were my excuses, but then I read that scripture and I thought, well, Jesus did it. Jesus was baptized. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. And so I was uh, baptized soon.
afterwards. And so I dug up my little baptism certificate and discovered that uh, it's here. And it was on the 9th of January 1972 uh, that I was baptized by immersion because I recognized that Jesus had been baptized and baptized, baptism is for all believers. But then what happened? Well, something happened, didn't it? Baptism, if you like, attracts God's blessing. When we obey God, we are always blessed. We may go through some tough times because remember Jesus, after this moment, he went into the wilderness to be tempted. I know that after my baptism, I went through a, the spiritual mill myself. But what happened on that day? As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Something amazing happened. This is my Son, whom I love. How wonderful the voice from heaven. God speaks audibly. And Jesus heard it. And John the Baptist heard it. And the Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove. There at that moment, Father, Son and Spirit were all doing their mighty work, as it were. What blessing. And that was like the anointing of the Lord Jesus to begin his public ministry at that day. Baptism always draws God's blessing. He wants to bless us as we obey him. He wants to pour out his spirit upon us. But baptism is also a sign of God's ownership upon our lives. You see, the Christian life takes us away from living for ourselves and God becomes our Lord. And um, we find that when Jesus gave his great, great commission, we read this. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. They were baptized in the name or into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It, baptism is like um, receiving or a sign of God's ownership upon our lives. We're no longer our own. And we're publicly just confessing, I'm under new management. I have a new Lord, a new master. I'm living for Jesus. And I have to remind myself every day, I'm not living for William Dean. I'm living for Jesus Christ. For God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But of course, in some places in this world, to be baptized is very costly, very dangerous. In some places, believers will have a, a secret location where they have a baptism service because it's so dangerous. When people in some countries, when, they, when, when someone is baptized, they know they're serious about Jesus and that attracts persecution and great danger to some people. But baptism is also really the first step of discipleship. 
You remember on the day of Pentecost, Peter preached to a large crowd of Jews who'd come to that celebration. And, and Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he explained how um, they had crucified their Messiah, but God had raised him from the dead. And the message came over with such force. He goes on to say, Let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. These people understood that Jesus was the Christ that were waiting for and they'd, they were part of crucifying him and they were cut to the heart, they were convicted of their sin. And you know, it's our sin that took Jesus to Calvary. It's our rebellion against God that was behind God's great plan of salvation to send, her, send him to save us, to pay the debt for us. It's because of our sin that Jesus died. But the wonderful truth is Jesus is alive. The resurrection is a fact of history. The resurrection transformed those early believers. They were fearless. They preached and thousands came to Christ in spite of great persecution. And today the message is still going out and the church is still being built through the world because Jesus is alive. And there are many examples in the New Testament of uh, people being baptised as their first step of discipleship. Anyone like to guess who that might be? A story in the Acts, can anyone guess that one? That might give you a bit more indication. Ethiopian eunuch, correct. Ethiopian eunuch. He was uh, come to worship in Jerusalem. He was hungering and thirsting for God. But he met with Philip, the Apostle Philip, on the way home. And that's where he, he um, recognized that Jesus, from the Old Testament, that Jesus is the fulfillment of that wonderful prophecy. And uh, right there, they find water and he's baptized. Anyone like to guess that? There's a clue in the colour of the lady's dress. Lydia, Lydia from the town of Philippi, where Paul and Silas went. And uh, not, not long after that, he met this man, also in Philippi, who, uh, if you look at Paul's back, there's some blood there because he'd been beaten. And this was the Philipp Philippian jailer. And all his house came to believe and were baptised. I wonder if you've taken this important step in your life. It's the first step into discipleship. We often, it's very important. It's to be done with, with a real understanding. It's costly, but it's a command of the Lord Jesus Christ. And lastly, it's a symbol of salvation. It's, it's like a picture of our salvation. It may not happen in a river. It may happen in a, it might happen at a broad sands. I heard Someone was saying that they had a, a baptism service in November at Broadsands and they had an amazing time. Is that right, Tom? Correct. 
And was it Mark, your parents were baptised? And they're not young, and they were baptised in November. But they had a wonderful time. What a blessing. And Paul speaks about baptism in these verses from Romans. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us were baptised into Christ Jesus, were baptised into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. See, baptism is a picture of our death to the old life of sin. Becoming a Christian is a radical and complete change of direction. It's like uh, it is death to the old man, death to the old way of life, to the old way of thinking. It's allowing Jesus to be in charge. And uh, so uh, being baptised is like saying I've died to the old life and uh, I'm being buried. Because when we're baptised, we're identifying with what Jesus did for us. We're baptised into his death. We're saying, Jesus, you died in my place. You took my sins. You paid my penalty. And now I'm free. Now I'm forgiven. I have a new life with you. So it's being united with Jesus in what he's done for us. And then we come up out of the water. That's the one thing about baptism. You don't stay under. You come up. You come up. And... uh, It says, just as in Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And that's what the Christian life is all about, a new life with Jesus at the centre, living with him and for him, for his honour and glory. And I love this last verse. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. Because the Christian life is all about certainty. Because Jesus is the Son of God. Because Jesus did come from heaven. Because he did live a spotless life. Because he did pay for our sins totally and completely on that cross. Because he rose from the dead. Because he, sent, because he ascended to glory. And because he sent his Holy Spirit. The one who lives in us now and who fills us and enables us. These are certainties. The Christian life is resting on certainties. And sometimes we find in in our Christian life, uh, we don't feel very certain. We struggle in areas. But that's why we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. To remember that we rest on truth. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And again and again he brings us through. Again and again he strengthens us. And I often find when I stand up to preach I have no strength. I can't do it. But again and again he comes through. Praise God. He is the living God. So let's remember the truth about baptism. As far as the New Testament is concerned, it's total immersion. It's a public confession of faith. We are not to be ashamed of the Lord Jesus. It's for all believers. 
It attracts God's blessing as we obey God. He blesses us. It's a sign that we belong to the Lord. We're not our own anymore. It's the first step of discipleship. And it's that glorious symbol of salvation. Shall we pray? Our gracious God, we've celebrated the Lord's Supper this morning. Those wonderful symbols that have assured us of your wonderful work for us. But we thank you for also for, for baptism, believers' baptism, Lord. We pray that you'd help us to understand. And we pray, Lord, that if we need to be baptised by immersion, you will give us grace and courage to take that step. Lord, we want to obey you fully. We want to bring honour to your name. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit Brixham.Church.